me please to the 20th chapter of Luke's Gospel, continuing our studies in this Gospel. I would like to consider with you this morning what we find in verse 41 and down to verse 44, Luke chapter 20 and verse 41 to verse 44. And Jesus said unto them, How say they that Christ is David's son? And David himself saith in the book of Psalms, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand, till I make thine enemies thy footstool. David therefore calleth him Lord. How is he then his son? and the elders confronting him with the question of his authority. He had cleared out the temple and the money changers and they questioned his authority to do this. And in verse 20, 21 we find the Pharisees trying to trick him about the, the lawfulness of paying taxes to the government of occupation. In verse 28 it's the turn of the Sadducees to ask Jesus the question about the resurrection. They didn't believe in the resurrection and they wanted to get him tied up in knots about it. And that was behind their question that we find from verse 28. And as we know, we've looked at these in the last number of weeks, as we know Jesus answered these questions effectively. But as we turn to verse 41, we find it is his turn to ask a question. And in point of fact, we have to take this as a statement because we haven't any record uh, or inkling of any reply that might have been given to his question. We know, of course, from verse 40 here that uh, they weren't, uh, they weren't uh, concerned to ask him any questions, but he takes the opportunity himself to ask this question, and we have to take it that Jesus here is making a very important statement, a very important statement about himself. Now, I suppose that as we look at these verses, again, these may be verses that we might pass over because they don't seem so important, and yet they contain a central truth, and indeed this constitutes one of the most significant testimonies in Scripture it actually represents one of the most significant testimonies in Scripture about the person of Jesus Christ. And it takes us back to our opening question, who is Jesus Christ? What is he? 
Now, what is he to me, to you? But in this question here, Jesus takes us back to the Old Testament character of David. And there was a revered man. We all know the story of David, the shepherd boy who became king. And we know perhaps about the Star of David, which is part of the, uh, which is part of the, the flag of the modern state of Israel. David is still revered amongst Jews. David, we might say, was Israel's greatest king. He was a warrior. He was a military conqueror. From him, it was maintained, the Messiah would be a descendant. And the expectation among the people of Jesus' day was that the Messiah would be a greater military warrior, a greater political or national king uh, than David had been. Even than David. He would overthrow any oppressors of Israel. And he would establish Israel as a great world power. This was the sort of thing that people believed as they were looking for the Messiah. That wasn't what the scriptures taught about the Messiah. But it is what the people came to believe. They focused on, on this, this warrior-like image that would be the Messiah. But Jesus has a problem with this. And he wants to make clear that this, this isn't quite how the scripture sees it. That even in the Psalms of David themselves, there is a different perspective on the person of the promised Savior. And so we come to Jesus' question, how can we say that the Christ is David's son? That's all they thought. That the Christ, the expected Savior or Messiah, would be a descendant of David. That is all they thought. And Jesus wants to correct this idea. But as we look at this this morning, I want us to notice in the first place that he is not denying that he is David's son. You see, the first thing we have to recognize about Jesus and who he is, is this, that he was truly human. He was flesh of our flesh, and yet without sin. We have to recognize about Jesus that he took human nature at Bethlehem, or at least in the conception in the virgin's womb, he took human nature. And the idea of Jesus as the son of David emphasizes, partly emphasizes, this aspect of his person. And I think that Paul puts it very clearly when he writes to the Romans. He speaks of the gospel of God concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who was born of the seed of David, he says, according to the flesh. Now it's true that Jesus' connection with David, according to the flesh, was through Joseph. In the, right at the beginning of the Matthew's Gospel, we read that Jesus is the son of David. And uh, in giving the genealogy there, Matthew identifies that this connection is through Joseph. And it's true that Joseph was not the natural father of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was conceived in the womb of the Virgin Mary by the Holy Spirit. Nevertheless, he was within the family of Joseph, as it were. 
That is his claim to being born of the seed of David according to the flesh. That is according to the social and legal way of looking at things. But Jesus, as the son of David, is identified thereby as the Messiah, considered from the side of his humanity. Now the humanity of Jesus is extremely important. It was extremely important that the Savior should identify wholly with us. That he should experience the problems or the sorts of problems that we have, that you and I have in our lives. That he should be tempted as we are. We read in the letter of the Hebrews, he was tempted in all points as we are yet without sin, but he experienced the temptation at any sort of point that we might experience temptation. He identified with us in that way in his humanity. It was important that he should be confronted with sin as we are in all its manifestations and that he should cope with it that he should deal with it perfect in his humanity. He had to deal with it in his humanity. He had to live a perfect life in his humanity as a real human being. But when we speak or when we read of Jesus being the son of David, Matthew says in the beginning of his gospel and as is a description of him, we recognize not only the humanity, but also the kingliness of Jesus. As one who is regal. Perhaps we might say this is a difference, if there is any, between the description of Jesus as the son of David and the son of man. I don't know. Both speak of his humanity. His identifying with sinful human nature, sinful fallen humanity, though he had no sin. But this description, son of David, forces us to see in David things that point to see in David things that point forward to Jesus, his, his power, his royalty, the indwelling of God. Only in Jesus, these things were without measure. This description of Jesus as the son of David in the New Testament forces us to recognize Jesus as our king, as the king over our earthly lives, not just our souls, but over our earthly lives. So who is Jesus? He is the son of David according to the flesh. David's whole reign pointed forward to the reign of Jesus. He is, he is, he is king, and in his perfect humanity, sinless as he was, in his perfect humanity, he identified with us. He was tempted like us. He sympathized with us in our weaknesses. And he still does. Now, in his glorified humanity, he still sympathizes. He is a wonderful person. Fully human. Fully and perfectly human. Jesus is not denied that he is the son of David. But of course this is not all that can be said of him. This was all, well, it wasn't even as much as that, that was being said by those of his day. They were saying that he was simply a descendant of 
David. But Jesus teaches more. So clearly here, in these verses, he's affirming his divine sonship. Jesus isn't denying he's the son of David. But his burden at this point is to emphasize that when you have said that Jesus is David's son, when you have affirmed what he is according to the flesh, You haven't said all, nearly all, that is to be said about Jesus. Because he is not only perfect humanity, in his glorious person, he is also true divinity. And Jesus proceeds to prove this from the scriptures. The Messiah, the promised Savior, the Son of David, is also David's Lord. And this is what we find in Psalm 110, which Jesus is quoting here. And we hear David singing, The Lord, Jehovah, the Lord said to my Lord, said to my Lord, Jesus, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. David therefore calls him Jesus Lord. How is he then his son? Uh, that is, how is he then only the son, only human, a human descendant? Now you see, in this chapter already, uh, in Luke chapter 20, in this chapter already, in a veiled way, Jesus has made a claim to divinity. In the parable of the wicked vine dresser, uh, Jesus is the beloved son. He is the beloved son at the heart of God's work for the salvation of sinners. Jesus is, in terms of verse 17 of this chapter, the chief cornerstone, a stone rejected by men, rejected by men, that is, through the cross, but raised to the chief place by the resurrection. This Savior is divine. Who is Jesus? He is truly human, but he is divine. David himself calls the Messiah his Lord. And in the same 110th Psalm, the Messiah is described as a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Now you remember Melchizedek was this mysterious priest or, or king who met Abraham when Abraham was returning from defeating the kings who had taken law. We read about this in Genesis chapter 14. We also read about it in the, the seventh chapter of Hebrews. What is the characteristic of Melchizedek? as seen from the New Testament angle. Well, Hebrews tells us that Jesus was, has arisen in the likeness of Melchizedek. In what respect? Well, because he came not according to the law of fleshly commandment, but according to the power of an endless life. Melchizedek, Hebrews says, appeared as they were from nowhere. He had no lineage. He was without father and mother. There was no lifespan mentioned for Melchizedek, having neither beginning of days nor end of life. But he was made like unto the Son of God. And so all of Psalm 110 is seen as pointing to Jesus Christ, the Messiah, and in particular, and in an uncontradicted way, to his divinity, his nature as a divine Son of God. So Jesus, is David's Lord. He is divine. 
if he if he was to do what what had to be done to save sinners he had to be a perfect mediator between god and man he had to be perfectly human identifying with fallen humanity but without sin he had to be the son of david a royal king but he also and above all had to be divine to have the very nature of god so david here in this psalm perfectly foresees the exaltation of jesus perfectly recognizes that he will not be just a descendant of david but that he is the exalted lord of heaven and earth that is jesus the exalted savior the exalted lord over this world that is the belief of christian not only that jesus is lord not only that he is exalted but that he is a lord to be possessed because you see how david puts it the lord has said to my lord there is the possessive pronoun my lord mine and when we speak about jesus as lord we mustn't think simply of him as being the lord we have to think of him in terms of his lordship over us over me over my life now you see there are people who are quite happy to accept that jesus was a historical figure that jesus was a human figure they are quite happy to they are quite happy to acknowledge that he is the one to whom david pointed forward from his day but when you have said that you haven't said half of what is to be said he is lord he is lord the divine and eternal and beloved son of god god of very god now exalted by the resurrection by the ascension now exalted and can you say this morning can you say my lord he is my lord a greater than david is here an infinitely greater than david the divine human unique and exclusive savior jesus christ has come and he has died and he has risen and ascended and is exalted at the right hand of god at this very moment he is alive and to him has been given all authority in heaven and upon earth and all his enemies are made his footstool he is none other than david's lord it is your lord in every aspect and in every detail of your life is he your lord does he have lordship over you every single day and every single moment i mean are you a are you are you possessor are you a personal possessor of jesus 
on the subject of them. Is your life wholly yielded to him? This who is Jesus? He is human. He is divine. Divine human person. Two natures in one person. Forever. And he has sat at the right hand of God. Exalted. Worthy of praise. Worthy of worship. Worthy of submission. Completely and utterly. Before closing, I'd like you to notice with me these words which uh, are from Psalm 110 and which are quoted here and also we read in the first chapter of Hebrews. In verse 41 and 42, How say they that Christ is David's son? David himself said in the book of Psalms, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit on my right hand till I make thine enemies thy footstool. It's that until, until Jesus is exalted, he has the place of power. He overcame death. He overcame the grave. For you, if you're a Christian this morning, but that place at the right hand, as it is expressed there in the psalm, that place there, that exalted place, is until, until all his enemies are defeated, until all the principalities and powers are finally overcome, until every one of the elect is gathered. And then what? And then he will come again. Every eye shall see him. Then all will have to acknowledge what the Christian knows and what the Christian believes and what the Christian hopes that Jesus is the divine human Lord who will reign through all the ages of eternity the Lord of glory my dear friends what a wonderful revelation we have here of the person of Jesus what a wonderful person he is who is he who is he to you he is Lord is he the Lord of your life do you recognize him not simply as a great and wonderful human being, perfect humanity even, but as the one who possesses the very nature of God. That is Jesus. And we can think and believe no less of him. And let me say this, if Jesus is not yet your personal Savior and Lord, your need personally is to come and make your peace with him. And no one else can do it for you. You must personally come and submit to him as Lord and Saviour. In your own heart now, or in your own home, healed. Receive the Saviour. Receive him who is the, the divine human Son of God and who came to suffer and to die for sinners like you. And to cleanse you from all sin. 
And when you have submitted to him, follow him. This is what he has given his word for. So that people can follow him. Simply ask the Holy Spirit to use the word to change your life. And to put you on that narrow road, road that leads to eternal life with Jesus. Jesus, David's Lord, David's Lord, Jesus, perfect humanity, Jesus, perfectly divine, Jesus, who is coming again, who is seated at the right hand of God, who has all authority and power, and who is coming again. Oh, let us be on the Lord's side. Let us come and let us not hesitate to acknowledge him and to receive him as Lord and as Savior. And let us by all and every means commend Jesus to men and women and children all around us that they too might come to know him as Lord of the life as the only one who has paid the penalty for sin, as the one who is coming again, as the one by whom we and every man will be judged. May the Lord bless these thoughts upon his word. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, bless thy word to us. Help us to recognize the glory of the person of Jesus, David's Lord. Help us, O Lord, to know in our own lives the control of his lordship and the blessing that comes from his presence. Graciously bless us, O Lord, we pray thee, uh, as we leave this service now. Grant, O Lord, thy blessing upon the service this evening. O Lord, we need thee. We need thee every hour and every moment. And we pray that we might know thy presence and that we may know thy power and thy grace day by day. So bless us and all our loved ones, forgiving all our sins, in Jesus' name. Amen.